We're kicking off the year with a five-part series on the most important habits you need to develop as a leader. And this is the second episode in that series. So if you missed last week's episode, press pause and go check that one out first. Now, in today's episode, we are talking about one of the most overlooked habits of a great leader, which is clear and consistent communication. Welcome to the Entree Leadership Podcast from the Ramsey Network, where we help you learn the proven principles for winning as a business leader. I'm your host, George Camel, and each week here on the podcast, I sit down with some of the best leadership minds out there to help you grow yourself, your team, and your profits. Now, communication builds trust and brings clarity to your team. So for our first segment, we've got a teaching segment with our friend Daniel Ramsey on why clear and consistent communication is an essential habit for leaders. And then stick around because Willie Robertson, CEO of Duck Commander and star of the hit TV show Duck Dynasty, will share how consistent and clear communication helped him become a successful leader. So let's get to that first teaching segment with our friend Daniel Ramsey, Executive Vice President of Entree Leadership. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Man, George, it's always so fun hanging out with you. You and Willie on an episode. That's Uh a fun one. (laughs) One to remember. It will be, yep. So you have been honing in on the skill since I've known you. You've always been a great communicator, but you've been very intentional about it. So tell me why this is one of those habits that people really need to dial in this year. Well, let me correct you there. I haven't always been good at this. This is something over the years I've screwed up my fair share and I've neglected at times. And I've often made the assumption that people know exactly what I'm thinking. And so why communicate? They're, they're all on board. They're all I told readers. them a few months ago. They remember, right? <laughs> there was that email back in the inbox somewhere. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so, I mean, why communication matters is because communication is a habit you've got to get in the rhythm of because ultimately what you're trying to do when you communicate is to create clarity. And clarity has a shelf life. Clarity fades. It goes away. People don't remember what I said three months ago, even though I do. Uh, People may, things may change and people may wonder, is that still the priority? Things may change and people may think that something's on track and they're, they're chugging along when really, hey, we actually need to spend our time over here instead. And so bringing good communication, bringing good clarity ultimately helps people stay on track and unified. Mm. And business can move so fast, especially as a small business. And so things can get missed if you're not doing it consistently. And so clarity and consistency is super important here. And one of the ways we do this is through meetings. And a lot of people have feelings about meetings and obviously (laughs) want you to do meetings the right way. But why is it important to have whole team meetings, all staff meetings on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so first thing I'll say is you got to be really clear on what the purpose of a meeting is. And different meetings have different purposes. If you aren't clear on that, man, things get off the rails really quick. And we could talk more about that later. But uh, yeah, so we have a bunch of different types of meetings with very different distinct purposes. So you mentioned our our big all-team meeting. Um, we have a couple different versions of that here. We're, we're a large company. So we have a staff meeting where our whole company, all thousand people get together on Monday mornings. But honestly, that looks a little bit different than what like our entree leadership all team meeting looks like. We do that on Tuesday mornings. And that's a little bit more organic, probably a lot more like uh, what many of the listeners would want to experience in their meetings. And so we have about 70 people on the entree team. And it's really simple. We get together in a circle Um we just stand up in our regular work area. We don't have a fancy conference room or, you know, we don't book any crazy catering or build any fancy slides. We literally just stand up in a big circle. And the purpose of that meeting is to create unity. 
And so unity uh, happens a couple different ways. So what we do in our stand-up meeting, we call it a stand-up, but all team meeting, what we do in that is uh, leaders will give updates on some of the key initiatives of our area. And so we'll just popcorn around and say, hey, George, uh, George, you lead marketing. What's happening in the marketing area? Give us an update on that big thing we've been working on. We'll be more specific than that. I'm just... being, being vague for the sake of this conversation. Sure. <laughs> but we'll go around to the different leaders and get updates on all the key things that are happening so that we're all unified and we all know what's happening. Mm. We also uh, take time to pause and just give announcements. Hey, we just made, hired a new team member. So-and-so just had a big wedding anniversary. You know, congratulations. Hey, uh, this person left our team and we want to unpack why. Uh, hey, we're off track for hitting our financial budget. And let's take some minute to just unpack the why behind that and give them the level of information they need to know about that. And so we talk about the good stuff. We talk about the bad stuff sometimes, uh, which is hard, but really healthy and good. Um, and then one of the other things, we talked about it here on the podcast before, we do shout outs. Uh, we don't do this every team meeting, but we try to, if we ever have space, we try to do it where we allow the team to brag on each other and in front of their peers, uh, tell a story or an example of how someone else on the team really went above and beyond this week. And then we clap them out and we, you know, we hoot and holler and celebrate them. So really the purpose of our all team meeting is to create unity and that's through updates and, uh, and culture. And so sometimes we may also, another thing I just thought of is we may beat the drum on cultural things we're trying to change or update or remind people of, Hey, here are our core values. Hey, here's our mission. Here's our vision. All those fun things. Now, when you say beat the drum, I know that the Entree leadership team is known for literally making noise. (laughs) So when do you guys do that and why? Yeah, we do a lot of different things. Uh, Noise is energy, right? So we're a pretty loud team and we lean into that. We take pride in that. That's part of our culture. So one of the things we do is we have a big bell in our area. Every time a salesperson closes a deal, they ring the bell. It's a fight bell, like like a ringside boxing bell. And they ring the bell. The whole team stops what they're doing and claps and celebrates and there's whistles and I don't know, just hooting and hollering, whatever that may be. And the purpose of that is because we're celebrating another life has been changed. We just, we just got a new customer who's going to experience what we have to offer and we're all excited about that. And so that, that's a cultural example of, uh, of a way that we're allowed. Yeah. So. Well, I think there's power in that as well. And it's one of those things that does build unity because it's kind of one of those, who does that? That's what makes you guys different. And so I love for our listeners out there, find what that thing is for you. It may not be making a ton of noise. Maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I know a lot of our business owners out there, they are loud. Mm-hmm. And so they love the energy. <laughs> they love They love it all. They love the chaos. Lean into that. Uh, but those team meetings, how those stand-up meetings, how long do those generally go? Yeah, we just do 30 minutes. And oftentimes we end early. Oftentimes it's only 20 minutes and it's really fast. So for you, just as a way to get started, I'd recommend just putting a very light agenda together of, hey, these are some of the things we want to talk about. These are things that are important to me. These are things I assume ever that are really important to me that I assume people know, but why don't I just get in the habit of saying that out loud? And so mm-hmm. let's start that meeting. So it may be 10 minutes. It may be 15 minutes. It may be awkward the first time you do it. That's fine. Just like starting any new habit, it's going to be a little weird. And you have to just embrace the weirdness and just push forward. And the great thing about meetings when it comes to forming a new habit is uh, from a willpower perspective, all you have to do is put it on the calendar ahead of time. And then naturally you're going to show up and other people will show up. It's amazing so how So long that as works. they know about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So make sure this is on the calendar every week and announce it to your team. Don't just mm-hmm. like throw it on the calendar and everyone's like, what, what is this? 
meeting that just showed up. That's right. Exactly. So what makes a productive meeting? Because a lot of people, like we mentioned, they dread meetings. They might dread team meetings or they're, they're not, they don't have an outgoing personality. They'd rather just be at their desk working and all of a sudden they have this disruption in their day. So how do we make sure that people walk away going, I'm glad we did that. That was mm-hmm. worth my time. Yeah. Most meetings are terrible. Most meetings are boring and people only go and show up to them because they're expected to. They don't actually want to be there. And that happens for a lot of different reasons. That happens because, going back to what I said earlier, the purpose isn't defined. Hey, we don't actually know why I need to give up my time to attend this meeting. So when the purpose is defined, and assuming the purpose is valid, like, hey, guys, we're going to rally around this problem. And, hey, George, we got this problem in our marketing area, XYZ. We're going to get together. We're going to brainstorm opportunities to really go solve that problem. That's the purpose of this meeting. And we're going to not leave this meeting until we get some good, you know, good things on the whiteboard. Or we may have to schedule another meeting, whatever that may be. So getting really clear on the purpose really helps you set yourself up for success. Gosh, I was actually with a friend last night. We were having dinner. So he was telling me that their whole company is a, it's a big company here in Nashville. Since COVID, they all work remote. Um, now they're supposed to be in the office a little bit, but pretty much no one shows up. So they just do virtual, which is terrible. Uh, he's talking about how the culture, he just never gets to see anyone and, and all that. That's a whole nother subject, but they have these forced cultural, uh, building team building zoom meetings, um, where they had one like the other night where there was like a, like a cooking show that one of their VPs like was showing everyone how to make one of their favorite recipes. And they were all obligated to sit and watch this thing. And no, according to my friend, no one wanted to be there and very few people actually did attend. And it was awkward for everyone, even though the leader had good intentions if it's not a good use of time and it's not clear and people actually aren't excited to do it, uh, maybe don't do it, right? Just don't do the meeting at all. But there was an attempt. I mean, that I get the heart behind it. They're going, hey, this is a one way we can build culture because we are remote. We're going to try to do something fun. And sure. I've seen, you know, some friends, they have virtual happy hours, yeah. you know, and things like that. But again, there's, there's a lot of power. We've talked about this on the podcast about doing things in person. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather have a drink with you in person than in front of a screen at home. Oh my gosh, absolutely. That's yeah. just drinking alone. Yeah, like, the other day, Entree, we had a we had a dip off, meaning like a bunch of people on our team signed up to make different sorts of dips, like uh, buffalo chicken dip or salsa or whatever, you know. And we had made it a big contest. We made it a big deal. Everyone is excited about that because uh, a everyone loves food and they're going to show up. And it was during work hours. It was around lunchtime. And so, like you know, that's an idea that actually people want to show up to, and that's a team building type thing. And so if you're going to do team building, make it something people actually want to show up to. (laughs) Yes. Ask yourself, would I want to show up to this? That's right. If I wasn't the leader. So you asked about what makes a a meeting productive. So purpose. The second thing I'll say is you need to stay on track. So when you start veering off and you start running down these different tangents and people just start talking about random things, the whole thing grinds to a halt. It becomes boring and useless. As the leader, I spend a lot of energy doing just this. So I spend a lot of time saying, you know, George, you may get off on some tangent about whatever. And it may be like a business thing somewhat related to what we're talking about. But I have to say, hey, hey, George, that's a really good point. Why don't we write that down and come back to that at a separate time? I use that line over and over and over in meetings to get us back on track to focus on the core purpose of the meeting. And so, man, I spend a lot of time keeping us on track. The third thing I'd say is, hey, the meeting has to end where the business is better off than when it started that meeting. If you're going to dedicate an hour to getting people together, that's a lot of payroll. That's expensive. 
And if you don't actually leave that meeting with the business in a better place, then, then you wasted your time. Mm. And so there's a lot of ways you have to fight that and be intentional with that. And so some of it is prep work. Some of it is being intentional during the meeting. Uh, oftentimes, a third thing, though, is when you wrap the meeting, assign clear action items so that people have marching orders of what they're going to do after the meeting ends. And then you as the leader hold them accountable to finishing and following through on those. And that, that's my favorite part of a meeting is where we walk away and everyone knows exactly what to do. It mm-hmm. wasn't just, well, we all got to hang out with each other for a half hour. Glad we did that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times meetings don't need to take place. And so we talked about the importance of an all team meeting, but a lot of times you just get a meeting on the calendar and you go, well, that could have been an email, mm-hmm. you know? So at, at what point do you decide or how do you decide if something should be a meeting or, you know what, I'm just going to send an email, send a text, that kind of thing. Man, gosh, that's hard. I do that all the time. I, so, uh, for example, I have one-on-ones. One of the habits, one of the meeting habits I have is I have a one-on-one with all of my direct reports every single week. It's just 30 minutes. In a regular week, I may have several things I want to talk to you about. Like, let's say you're one of my direct reports. I may have a list of five things. I know we're probably only going to have time to get to two of them. So I'm going to decide which one's an email, which one isn't urgent, but it's important. And I'm going to save uh, time for our next one-on-one the following week. Or maybe it's urgent and important and I schedule a new meeting that's not already on the regular rhythm to just tackle that one. So I'm always discerning that, always trying to figure that out. Oftentimes too, problems need to involve more people, problems you need to collaborate with people. More often than not, I see too many people in a meeting. Uh, I think it's really good, even though you want to include all the people and make them feel like part of it, I think it's really healthy and good to have the fewest number of people necessary to accurately or, or strongly tackle that issue. And so while you could have 20 people because they all somewhat touch it, have the five or four or three right people and then communicate well to the other people who are uh, more loosely involved. Mm, That's good. Because a lot of times you have 20 people in a room and I'm going to shut down. In a room of 20 people, it's too many voices, too much Mm -hmm. to do. I'm not going to be as likely to pipe in. But when it's four people, well, now I feel like my voice is expected Mm -hmm. to be jumping in the conversation. So that's a great reminder. So we, we know that This has a huge positive effect on the team, on unity, on culture. But for those leaders who maybe they don't have that right now, they may go, well, Daniel, I don't think I need this. We got four people. We got Mm -hmm. seven people. I don't think it's worth the time. They're on on the road. They're techs. What is the best way to go about starting one of these if you've never done it before? Mm -hmm. I think, first of all, identify why you want to have it and what needs to be communicated. Once you identify that, then tell the team about that. Hey, guys. I, as a leader, have not done a great job at making sure we're in the loop on some of these things. There's also some things that are really important to me that I want to be regularly reminding each of you about, and I want us to be on the same page. Sometimes I feel like we're not on the same page, and that's my fault, and I want to do better at that. Would you guys be willing, if I put together this meeting, would you guys be willing to show up and give me a chance to do better at getting us on the same page? I really value this, and if you give me a chance, I won't waste your time. Can we, can we commit to doing that? hey, what's the time? And yes, yada, yada. No one's going to say no to that, right? (laughs) But um, you're going to really have to show up and prove to them that it is a good use of time. And obviously you need to schedule it and find a time that works best and and all of that. That's super tactical. Well, Daniel, uh, you are a great communicator. So take it back. All right. You're doing (laughs) great. Thank you for communicating about communicating to our leaders out there today. Always helpful. Always a lot of nuggets of wisdom from you. Well, thanks. I still have a lot to learn and uh, look forward to doing more of that. Appreciate it. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Folks, do you feel like you never have time to invest in yourself? 
Do you feel like the weeks and the months keep vanishing in the rearview mirror without any leadership progress? If that's you, it's time to break that cycle. And I've got just a thing for you. Entree Leadership Summit. It's the sledgehammer that will shatter that. And you'll be amazed by just how much leadership transformation we cram into just three days. And it's happening in Nashville, Tennessee, May 30th through June 2nd this year. You don't want to miss it. Go to entreeleadership.com slash summit to learn more and secure your seat. Up next, why consistent and clear communication is the habit that helped Willie Robertson of Duck Dynasty become a successful leader. Here's a math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so you and your team need to streamline time-consuming tasks to focus on the activities that make money. Smart businesses are realizing that to reduce headaches as they scale, they need NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform. With NetSuite, you can reduce IT costs because it's cloud-based. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one source of truth. It's a big deal. And you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, saving time and cutting manual tasks and errors. So join the more than 37,000 smart companies like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and are boosting their efficiency with NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to drive the right behaviors for your business absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey to get your own KPI checklist. All right, I'm joined now by our special guest, Willie Robertson. You know him from Duck Dynasty as a TV personality, but he's also an amazing entrepreneur, business owner, CEO of Duck Commander, and he's going to be joining us at Entree Leadership Summit this year. You don't want to miss that. But for now, let's chat with our friend, Willie Robertson. What is up? Tell me I'm the only person that's worn camouflage on this podcast. You know, I got to say, you might be the first and last to wear full camo on this <laughs> yeah. show, and we like it that way. I did it. I pulled something off. Yeah, I, that's what I bring to the uh, that's what I bring to the table right here. So uh, I'm in the Midwest. I'm actually at a, a hunting camp, and uh, and I'm glad to join you guys. We have a bunch of veterans here that we are uh, taking out in the outdoors, and uh, it's it's been amazing. That's incredible. Wow. Well, we are talking about the habit of communication today, and uh, you're a brilliant communicator. People often forget that. They see you on TV, and you're running a business, but communication is something that you do every single day, day in and day out. We want to help our leaders out there get a little bit better at it. And so uh, first, we have to mention, you had a transformation. You took the, you cut off all the hair, and there was like an eat, pray, love journey you went on. Was this kind of a post-COVID thing? <laughs> it was actually right in the middle of COVID. So uh, I'd gotten so tired of uh, this look. And, but, you know, I was so tied to it, you know, because, uh, you know, when I go speak and, and uh, when I shoot and video things, it was like everybody wanted to see that. And I was like, ah, do I totally change this brand? I mean, it, it's odd when your hair and your beard becomes your brand. And I thought, I'm just going to do it, and which will be kind of a, a new challenge for me. I was like, we'll see if I can you know, maintain what I've done. So I actually went, uh, cut the hair, didn't tell anyone. I, I found my wife uh, tracking her phone. She was at a restaurant. I walked up to her. I looked at her, and she goes, hello, and walks right past and does not recognize me 
We've been married 30 years, and that's wow. how strong that brand was. And I got every one of my kids as well. Uh, none of them recognized me, and so it was fun. But I'm actually, I'm, I may grow out, you know, hair's hair. It can grow, it can come. I'm just glad I have it so I can, uh, I'm exploring my options. But yeah, that was in 2020. <laughs> that felt like a personal attack at Dave Ramsey. Yeah, tw- oh yeah, for sure. 2020, I, I just did it and uh, it was fun. But I can always grow it back, so. Well, it looks good and uh, luckily you're the same person beneath it all. How amazing is that? <laughs> that's, that's it, that's it. It's all about, it's all about what's underneath. So I want to get into communication here. One of the the George Bernard Shaw is quoted as saying, the greatest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And I know early on (laughs) in your leadership, as you, you know, became CEO of Duck Commander, were there times you were a bad communicator as a leader? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were times that I didn't communicate properly or communicated the wrong thing. Now, you have to understand with my business, it was mostly family. And so it's a whole new game because you're, ta- you're having to communicate people that you've communicated with your whole life. And so, uh, so you've said all the good and the bad. And so, uh, yeah, there were definitely, there were definitely some communication things. I remember one time, uh, uh, telling, I didn't think we should make more duck calls when duck dynasty came out. Cause I, I never dreamed that people would actually buy a duck call. You know, it, I was like, no, it's a specific tool for duck hunting. So why would people buy that? And I just didn't see it. And my wife said in a meeting, Willie, I think we should order more duck calls. And I'm glad she communicated better than I did because we sold a lot more duck calls when that TV show came out. That is awesome. Well, was there a time, I'm curious, when you realized that, oh, I got to get better at this skill. I have to get better at this habit. Communication is something that has naturally happened as a family was there a time where like I got to really improve here? And were there certain things you did to do that? Oh, for sure. I would go over like if I had an idea and I had something I really need to communicate, I had to to get better. And so what I found was you you have to find out what the motivation is from the person you communicate, and that's important as well. And so so I knew with people on my team, I was like, what what matters to them most? And so I would go after that. Like my father, it wasn't necessarily money. It was more like what he wanted to do, like with with hunting. And, and so I would communicate that with him. And uh, even during the TV show, I remember he didn't, he didn't want to do Duck Dynasty. Uh, my dad was like, no, I don't think it's going to work. And, and I said, well, if we have a bigger platform, I think we could get the gospel out more and, and share the, the, you know, the word with more people. And that's what got him. He said, oh, Okay, well, if that's the case, then then I'll do the show. And so, so it's interesting. You got to know what it is. It wasn't like, oh, we could make some money. It's it's what motivates the person. And so, everybody on my team and people in my family, I know what it is that they care a lot about. And so, I can try to communicate to them in that way. You cater to their different styles, their values. I love that. And one of their values you just mentioned is faith. Was that something that you early on said, hey, these are the values of our family. These are the values of everything we're trying to build. How did you start to build out those core values? 100%. We've always gone on this motto. We have faith, family, and then, you know, uh, my dad says ducks. I mean, but that can be whatever it is, whatever your vocation is or whatever it is that you're, that you're into. But the key is you have to keep them in that order. Because what happens is, the 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 job will start taking it'll start looking like it's number one and so and it doesn't work like that so what we found is our faith will help keep our family together the family will help keep you 
have better peace and joy at work and whatever that is. And so when you keep those in line, uh, that's what's worked for us. And because let's face it, I mean, if your family is struggling and there's problems at home, good luck when you're trying to do your job. You know, it's, it's going to directly affect that. And so for us, that's, we just always have to remind each other and say, hey, this is, these are the priorities. So that faith and then our family and then whatever it is that you're into your job or whatever. Mm. Well, the Robertson family is famously known for the kitchen table and being very intentional with that quality time at the table. Uh, what power has that had in your life? How has that kind of shaped you and your family? That it's funny you mentioned that because that kitchen table is like, like I remember as a kid when we sat around that same table and we didn't have anything. We were we were really poor and but we were all around that table and I've even said it was like an audition. It was almost like a stage, like because we had at the time we had my grandparents, my 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 dad's mom and dad, and then you had mom and dad. And as the kids, we didn't really talk that much. And if you said something, you had to bring it. You know, you had to bring a good story. And so there was so much storytelling. There wasn't a lot of TV watching. We had like three channels, and but it was more of these stories. And so we learned how to tell stories. I listened to stories and. Uh, my parents and grandparents had these amazing stories and they would just tell these stories and they were funny. And, and it's funny in life, that's you know what the TV show was all about. Was It's really about telling stories. It's about being a storyteller. And I learned that as a kid sitting at that same table uh, that we ended up having the show and the prayer around. So um, it was just amazing how, how we grew. And I remember dad saying like, boys, we're going to sell a million dollars worth these duck calls one day. And I remember thinking like, how is that going to happen? Like, how would, how would, how would, I didn't really understand. I thought, well, maybe, you know, and, uh, but dad was always a dreamer and he would just, he would cast that dream out. And so it was fun whenever I became, you know, the CEO of the company is to, was to be able to fulfill a lot of his dreams that he had for the business, I, you know, had this a better skill set to do that. But all we we all went together, and so it was amazing. It was all at that table. Um, so many lessons learned, and so and we had even in my family, we have to be intentional about sitting around the table, having dinner, telling those stories because as life gets fast, and a lot of families have just abandoned that, and they don't, they rarely ever sit together and have that meal and talk. Yeah, it's one of the most powerful ways to communicate is in person, and now with you know technology and everything post COVID, we've gotten away from that, and so everything is a right. it's a message on Slack, it's a text message, it might be an email. Have you found that there's so there's way more power and intentionality when you get to be face to face with people communicating and sharing stories and laughing and breaking bread? Oh, 100%, you know, even even business-wise, you know how we it was like we used to go and we'd have these meetings and you'd have dinners together, you know, and that that's where I mean, I got a lot of my start was was doing that, but there was that face to face contact. And and we have, we've abandoned that and and it's just not near as good. And so, so what I find with my family is, so I'm a cook, and so I cook food. And so if I cook the food, it's going to be on the table. And my family, my kids now who have their own kids, I draw them in with that, with the cooking, um, which is another lost art as well and oh, skill. Yeah. And so, uh, so I was able to take that as well. And so it's been so fun because uh, even my kids now, you know, even in, in their businesses, they're like, hey, we've got so-and-so coming in. Dad, will you cook this meal? And, we, we, and I'm like, yeah, I will. And so, again, it just draws together back to that setting, back to that family uh, 
time back to which is now our you know our kitchen table which is which is different than my parents and so uh, yeah it's a beautiful thing you know when when we come together have those conversations and uh, so much of that is just is is lost and and then I think later as we get older uh, oh man we really miss you know miss those times well another lost art is storytelling in a, of itself and that's one of the most powerful communication tools out there that I think a lot of leaders they kind of forget about it or they don't have that skill set they think well someone's a great storyteller I'm not I'm just going to communicate the information really dry. If you could give someone a tip on how to tell a great story and how to communicate in a in a more artful way, what would you tell them? <laughs> I think I think listen to feedback or watch feedback. You know, uh, from a from a story. It's, yeah, storytelling is is interesting because uh, we that I still do it. I do it. You know, I'm constantly filming things, and we're actually telling stories uh, uh, through cameras and. Um, uh, I think what's worked for us a lot is not taking ourselves too seriously. And so, and there's a lot of humor. And so, which is interesting. No one knew when Doug Nasty came out, no one knew that it was going to be funny. I'm talking about the network, the production company. No one realized it was going to be funny. They were thinking like, because if you look at the exterior of me and my family, you thought, oh, these guys are just serious and, you know, really uh, in your face. And, and then, I remember when we found the pilots, they were like, this is actually funny. Like, we didn't, you know, and then we found Uncle Cy. <laughs> like, he's funny. Solid and gold. so, uh, yeah, and so it's like, and, and I think that helps is when we can laugh. And so the Robertsons have, we've always used humor, you know, uh, to, to just to deal with life, you know. And so uh, when I'm around people that are so serious, it just uh, it makes me uncomfortable because <laughs> I'm like, I just have to laugh and I just want to be like, hey, man, you know, it's it can always be worse. And so uh, we, we've done that and I, I'm glad. That's that's a gift. And my mother for sure had that. So she was always a, a laugher. And so we, we, we definitely took that as well. Yeah, humor and storytelling. That's got to be a part of good communication for sure. And you mentioned this, that your your father had a vision and then you kind of carried that torch as you ran the company. How was that vision communicated and did it change as you kind of took over? Or did you say, I'm 100% on board? Was there any kind of grappling? Because I know with family business and succession and legacy, a lot of emotion around it. Well, actually, my dad and I are actually, my mom and dad and I are actually partners in our business. And so when I came to them, you know, gosh, I guess 20 years ago, it was like, I think I can do this, and um, and they agreed. And I said I'll put some money in the company, and I said, but I need to be able to make the decisions. And they were like, "Go ahead." So it's actually a beautiful transition. Uh, communication was so funny, especially my father, because there were some ideas that I had that he thought I had lost my mind. Okay, uh, one one was when I said we're not going to have VHS tapes anymore. We're going to go to DVDs for our videos, and he was like what is a DVD? And I'm like, dad, they're like way better. Like, like these are like, you don't have to rewind them. And he was like, well, I still have one. I said, you've got to be the only guy in Louisiana who what still year has was a VHS this? player. I mean, this was not like 30 uh, years this ago. Was, yeah, this was, uh, this was in the probably the nineties or early 2000. Dad was like, you have lost your mind, you know, going to this. So that was one of the ideas. I remember I had this other crazy idea. Uh, I wanted to have a website. I said, Dad, I think people are going to go and order products from a computer. And he goes, no. He said, you tell people if they want to order one of our duck calls, they pick up the phone and call. You know, like he wanted that. And I said, Dad, I think, I think times are moving. And so these are some of the crazy ideas that I had that I had to communicate and say, Dad, I think this is kind of uh, going to be it. And so, um, and some of them I just did. I just said, I'm doing it. And then, and, and. What I find is when you're successful and then when you have successes, um, 
uh, that, that'll breed more confidence and you'll have better communication because it's like, well, hey, that worked. Hey, this worked, this worked. And so when you stack up enough of those, I remember when I got our first sponsor, uh, people actually pay us to actually wear their clothing and, 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 and it blew dad's mind. He couldn't believe someone would actually, you know, this is like, I guess the influencers, you know, like we were gonna influence people to wear uh, clothes. And so, but when I, when I got the check and I was like, hey dad, look, this is what we made. He's listening and, this, now. You know, and he's like, you're brilliant. Like that. And then it just started, you know, breeding more and more success. And so he was more open to the communication. So you've got to listen, you know, I've got to listen, but then I've got to say, hey, this is, I think this will work, you know, and I think these ideas will work. And so, and then you start stacking up successes after successes. Even TV, I mean, he was like, nobody's going to watch this. Who would want to watch us on TV? And even I kind of thought, I don't know if we're, you know, I, I thought we were fairly normal. And then my wife was like, Willie, you aren't normal. Like, you're not a normal family. I was like, you think? She was like, you're not normal. And so, uh, so it's listening, it's communicating, and then also listening. Yeah, that's such a great reminder for leaders out there who have maybe younger people on their team. There's some generational diversity and they're going, well, yeah, but that's not how it works. You don't understand. Right. But man, when you take the time to really listen and go, okay, let's try that out and let's see how that works. And uh, it's one of the reasons businesses can grow and scale. And it's one of the reasons uh, your business has. And so as you guys grew and scale, how did that shift how you saw the business. Did you start to look at it differently? Was it more of a, a legacy brand that you thought, I got more to manage from God now. How do I deal with this? You know, I just spread it out. I just, I pass it to other people. And so uh, I do what I can do. I, I'm, I'm really big on that. Like what I can do, I can do every aspect of our business in which I have. You know, if you go back in time, I've, you know, I've answered the phone, I've packed boxes, I've shipped stuff, I've done every job at the company. But what I can do best and how I can uh, make the company the most, that's where I put myself. And then I just pass it to other people and say, hey, you're great at this. You're great at this. Hey, you're smart. You're, you know, uh, you're a CPA. You'd be great. You know, and these are things that I don't, that I'm horrible at. You know, I'm so, I'm so bad with numbers. And, and I always get a kick out of people asking me about business because I'm like, I'm, you know, as far as numbers and I was a terrible student and uh, didn't do good at math, but, but I find people that can do that. And, and again, find what, what makes them happy. What do you want? What do you need? Put them in the right place and then watch them just, you know, go. And so, and then that's how you can get bigger. And so, because, because if we're talking about ideas that didn't, if somebody says, oh, that's not going to work or that's a, but I want to know why. Like, well, well, we tried that years ago. Well, well, how did you try it? What did you do? What exactly did you do? Because I, I don't, I don't. Just because we tried something, it didn't work. I don't, I don't take that as a fact and say it didn't work. You know. So I'm always open, and that's communication. I got to be listening to other people. Times change. You know. And the older I get, I'm kind of like, man, I am so out. You know, I'm not good at technology, but I stay where I'm at, and so I just get more young people <laughs> that say. Where is this? And so I think the combination of all that is what can make a company great and grow. And I think this is a legacy brand. Uh, but again, I don't take myself too seriously. So it's not, you know, we do what we do and it's not the end of the world. And I go with it, trust God and say, hey, God, you got this, you lead us. And as long as he is in our hearts and working and we can see that manifesting out, then I think our companies will follow suit and be good as well. Mm, yeah, so many lessons there with just delegation and not being the bottleneck and having that humor mixed with that humility. I think it's one of the reasons uh, you guys are so widely loved today. 
This episode is brought to you by Trainual. Even when you're great at running the day-to-day, a lot of leaders struggle to delegate. But delegation is a critical leadership skill, and empowering your team by building that skill just takes having the right system in place. Well, Trainual is that system, and it's a game changer. Trainual is an easy-to-use app that helps document and organize everything about your company in one place. Clear outlines for every role and responsibility, step-by-step training for all your SOPs and employee handbook content, an org chart and directory. You can build accountability tests. Employees can even use Trainual's powerful search to answer their own questions. Companies using Trainual are cutting training time and related costs by up to 75%. Get started with over 300 templates and their world-class support. It's time to get your entire team playing from the same playbook. Visit trainual.com slash entree today for a demo and get 15% off your first year with code entree15. That's 15% off at T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L dot com slash entree with code E-N-T-R-E-1-5. I'm curious as to the ways you communicate now with your team. I mean, you're running this thing from all over the country. You're a busy guy. We do, at Ramsey, we have staff meetings and we do stand-up meetings and one-on-one meetings and weekly reports. What are some (laughs) of the, you know, you guys run a business very differently, I'm sure. What's the common ways you communicate with your team, with your leadership? Okay, so I'm not a good meeting guy either. Um, But, so you go from, like, my father, he doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a cell phone. Wow. He doesn't have a computer. So if you want to meet with him, you have to go find him in the woods, that's literally, I'm like, where's dad? He's somewhere on the back of the property. And so we've got that. Now, I'm not that bad. I have a phone, but I'm not into meetings. I rarely show up and, and do meetings. But if for the people at the office who you know, need to have meetings and do all that, uh, they do that as well. And so I think we, but again, I'll come in and then uh, I'm more of kind of the vision and you know, let, let me know this, where the big thing's moving. But again, I get out of the way. I'm like, I get out of the way. Because there's so many decisions that have to be made. And the people that are involved in that day in, day out are, are the ones who really need to make those decisions. They may can ask for some wisdom and say, hey, what's your experience tell you on this? But uh, I pretty much just let people go. And so I tell people, hey, get your job done. You know, you're not going to hear much from me as long as you get your job done. And then obviously I look at the bottom lines. I look at, you know, how it all's going. But I have a lot of different, you know, a lot of different companies, a lot of different things uh, going on as well. And so I have business partners in tons of other businesses that I, you know, that I have to meet with and communication is huge, you know? And so, and, and it, and it, it's gotten better. And just because you're successful and just be, you know, it doesn't mean that you, you still have to communicate. I mean, one little, one thing goes wrong and it can, the whole thing can go South. And so, um, but that's what's able, it's a great team that can allow me to do the other things that I need to do and continue to grow and, and you know, stick my toes in other businesses. So. Well, part of that is you have a high level of trust with your team and you have a respect for what they do. And you know, hey, this is, this is not a strength of mine. I trust you to do your job. And that empowers them to then do that job. For sure. And so there's a lot of lessons even in there, what you just said. So I'm, I'm curious as we wrap here, Willie, you mentioned a lot about your kind of the vision behind this. You're the engine. Mm-hmm. What is your vision? I mean, you're a grandpa now. That's got to that's got to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I am a grandpa. <laughs> and so you start thinking differently about legacy and where, what does the next 10, 20, 30 years look like? Has that changed your vision and legacy for yourself, for the companies that you run? 
Yeah, well, I just try to pour into my kids and pour into them and their businesses and what they're going to do. You got to remember this, too. I didn't come to work for Duck Commander until I was 30. Wow. And so I, I always tell people that, like, I think people think they've missed it. You know, it's like, oh, I think I've missed it. I'm, You know, I'm, I'm too old. Or I didn't get started. I mean, I didn't start working here until 30. Duck Dynasty didn't start until I was 40. And so, and now I'm 50. Isn't that crazy that, and my parents were even older. Like Uncle Si was retired from the military and pretty much retired and going to do nothing. And think about how his life changed in the past, you know, uh, 10 or 11 years. And so you never know, you know, you never know what opportunity is around the corner. And so for my kids, I think they're, you know, I just, I pour into them, I watch, I help with their businesses and help with experience and I help with wisdom and, um, and really just, you know, because I know what it's like when your kids are little, you know, we had little kids. And so you really need, you know, when you're really pushing and, you know, you're trying to establish that family, again, faith, family, and then whatever that is. And so if I can be there to help and, and Corey helps a, a, a lot with that as well. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's what I'm focusing in on now and, and trying to take, oper- you know, I st- still love opportunities. I still love businesses. And I mean, Shoot, I started a couple this year, you know, a couple of new things. You know, I'm in the dog business now, and so I think it's a great business. I was like, I love dogs, and so now we have a, we have a dog business. And so uh, uh, also I stay local, um, so you can't get so national and, and around the world that you miss local. And I think it's important for my faith. I think it's important, you know, uh, locally to be in a church and locally to do things what normal people do. Because I think sometimes, you know, I can see how people, you just get so, uh, when you become kind of celebrity and kind of in fame, you, you know, you're, you're, you're not real present locally. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's always helpful. And so I do these things, you know, I play golf every Wednesday afternoon with, with these older guys. And so I just love, you know, listening to them talk, listening to, to their stories. And, uh, and I, I do that. I, I clear my schedule and I'm like, this is what I'm doing, you know, uh, this day so that I can just remember like, hey, don't get so, you know, out of it. And you're, you're not present with, you know, with, with your community and where you live and where you shop and where you go to church and all these kind of things. That, that's important to us as well. Yeah, it helps you stay grounded. And you mentioned a yeah. lot of these hobbies. And I think a lot of leaders, as especially entrepreneurs, you're running a small business. They're like, I don't have time for a hobby. But what I can tell with you and Dave Ramsey is the same way. He loves golfing and hunting. And you all just went on a hunting trip recently. Is that it energizes yeah. you. It refuels you to then carry on and do the hard work. What is the power in being able to unplug like that? Oh, it's so powerful, and I, I've just I've learned that um, because when you're talking about communicating, I can watch somebody. I, I've always said I can I can play around the golf with someone, and I can tell you your whole personality after that. I, mean, I can see how you do with you know I mean, with so many things. I can just watch that, and so I can and, and you can communicate in these different settings. And so again, I'm outside the box. So I'm not like in a box. We have to be in a meeting and have to wear a suit and all these things. I don't like to do. So I'm like, if I can get you somewhere, and then we can really find out where that is. It, it, the, the communication could happen at nine o'clock at night. You know. It, it could happen uh, at a at a hunting place, and so uh, I'm just intentional about doing those things because I can do both at once. I can work, and I can also have fun at the same time. And so, so many of the early duck commander was was golfing. It was it was out 
playing golf because I could tell stories and then I would get, you know, I'd have companies say, Hey, come, we'll bring Willie in. He's a funny storyteller. And we, you know, he's just fun to be in, you know, the deal. And then we would come out with three deals, you know, we'd have three great deals that we would have buyers. And so still to this day, even at, even at hunting places to where I'm meeting with buyers, I'm meeting with people that buy products. And so we get them in a different environment, whether it's golfing or hunting or whatever it is. And and we do that. And then we can also do that with our kids now that my kids are old enough. So I just came from uh, another state where I took my sons and my son-in-laws. And so we were all hunting together and in camp. And again, just making memories, just, you know, watching them learn. And they reminded me of when we were younger and doing this, but I was doing it as a business. And I was like, this is what this is like. And so, I mean, I think if you can make something that you love into a business, and, and it's weird, I, I've been able to do that. I can tie these things, you know, uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a shareholder in LA Golf, which is a golf company. So now part of this is for your spouse. So I can say, look, I've got to go do this because I've got to go to work. And and so it's actually, I'm hunting. And so uh, the Camouflage 4 Low is a, is a deal I just made. And this is a Made in America company. So I can turn this into business, but it's something that I love. And so uh, that that's just awesome when you can do these products, you know, whether it's uh, grilling, you know, like with pit boss smokers, like I have all these things where I'm like, I can figure out how to do this. And so if I can influence and have passion and it's normally things that I love to do and love to be around. And so uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. That, that sums up this whole conversation is you putting work in quotes going, I'm going to figure out a way to have fun <laughs> and do business at the same time. <laughs> and you only do things that you love to do and you delegate the rest. And there's so many amazing uh, leadership That's lessons it. you've laid out for us today, Will. So we're so thankful to call you a friend, excited to have you at Entree Leadership Summit and appreciate your time today, my man. I can't wait. Great talking to you. You as well. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Willie Robertson. I know I did. And if you want to hear more from him, good news for you. He's going to be joining us at Entree Leadership Summit 2023. So if you want to hear him alongside the rest of our incredible lineup, speakers like Dr. Jordan Peterson, Malcolm Gladwell, Dave Ramsey, and so many more, then you've got to get your tickets now. It's happening in Nashville, Tennessee, May 30th through June 2nd, but you got to go to entreeleadership.com slash summit to secure your spot. And a quick reminder, we announced last week that Dave Ramsey is going to be the host of this podcast in just a few weeks, and he's going to be taking your calls. So if you have a leadership or business question for Dave, we want to hear it. You can leave us a voicemail with your question at 844-944-1070. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. And share this episode with your team, with a friend on social media, with someone who needs to hear about it. While you're on social, you can follow us there at Entree Leadership. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out some of the other great shows we have on the Ramsey Network, like The Rachel Cruz Show. All right, until next time, folks, keep learning and keep leading.